Today, we're throwing it back to an older episode of Recur Now, where we take a look at Mixmax, Jay Acunzo on the hidden benefits of irrelevant projects, and Quibi, who spent a cool $5.6 million on their Super Bowl spot. From ProfitWell's Boston HQ, it's Wednesday, February 5th. I'm James Herrick, and it's a beautiful day to subscribe. Mixmax, the email app that extends Gmail's functionality and amps up productivity for customer-facing teams, drops a blog post on tips for building the most coveted thing every salesperson wants. And what is said coveted thing? Well, think about it. What's the one thing every account executive wants and needs in 2020? Mm, More sleep? Thanks for playing, but the answer is pipeline. Uh, My second guess. But unfortunately, we know there are so many potential roadblocks for building pipeline. Customer delay tactics, poor internal communication, and terminology discrepancies are just a few. But here are some learnings from the sales community that Mixmax put together so we can start acting as pipeline pros. Take a step back to view the big picture. Far too often, there's simply a short-term focus because of the nature of daily deliverables in sales, but it's crucial to look past that. Number two, don't overwhelm the system with too much tech. There are quite literally thousands of sales tools trying to help you, but as most things, less is more here. David Delaney, founder and CEO, of 10 Bounds says his team encourages clients to put recurring reminders on their calendars to revisit each tool every 90 days. Go in, validate the process, and ensure that everything is still working as originally planned, he says. When auditing a sales tool's usefulness to your pipeline, ask yourself questions like, is the tool actually being utilized by sales staff? Are we achieving measurable return on investment from the tool? How can we demonstrate ROI to our CFO? And who internally owns the success of this tool? And finally, strike a balance between what Mixmax calls hunting and farming. Because sales professionals are often likened to hunters, but should your AEs and SDRs also be good farmers, Mixmax asks? Today, more than ever before, companies are hiring sales and development people for the farming side of their businesses, says Don Irwin, head of sales at Mixmax. And selling into different departments within an organization is a brilliant way to build repeatable pipeline. And now, the hidden benefits of outside-the-box projects. A few episodes back, we touched on cross-pollination courtesy of Drift's CEO, David Kunsel. He encouraged us to look outside our respective industries because too often, we admire the same leaders, read the same business books, and attend the same workshops and talks. But there's a huge benefit in looking elsewhere to build out our knowledge base. And author, speaker, marketing man Jay Akunzo agrees. Organizations and thinkers have a way of focusing narrowly, Jay writes, because of course the marketing conference wants to attract marketers. Of course, a designer knows other designers. Of course, a podcast producer likes podcasts enough to try making one. But unfortunately, if we only learn from things that are so perfectly related to our jobs, we become rigid thinkers and doers, he adds. So we need to work on our flexibility, agility, our vision, Jay encourages. In school, we practice memorizing the exact topic we aim to learn. And as adults, we realize that this This makes us rigid and likely to struggle in the face of change. But we need the marketers to try a cooking class, the designers to write a column on relationships, and the salespeople to dive into photography. We're getting stale, but there are ways to stay fresh. Think about it. Try it. And let us know how it changed you for the better. A personal example, a few months back, I attended Lola.com's Agile Operations Summit. The summit was geared toward finance and operation experts. I, however, am not in that realm of work. I'm a marketer. But I walked away with a diverse understanding of agile operations and finance. Plus, I got inside the minds of those folks, which is important because the content I make is for them. 
Next up, Quibi. You remember Quibi as a streaming service that launched this year at CES? Short for Quick Bites. Quibi plans to roll out original content perfected for mobile viewing with some big Hollywood names like Spielberg and Del Toro. Guillermo, not Benicio. Not to mention its advertising partnerships with companies like Pepsi and Walmart. No big deal. And on an episode of Marketplace with Mollywood, my ears were perked for an interview with Meg Whitman, Quibi's CEO. And Quibi has a big focus on mobility. Its target audience ages between 18 and 44 and is made up of primarily mobile users. So here's why they're prioritizing something different than other streaming giants out there. Since video on mobile has historically been an uneven experience, Meg says, with some content only available in portrait mode and other only in landscape, she knew they'd have to be able to have a seamless portrait to landscape rotation with full screen video, ultimately it came down to a compression technology, she says. And this has never been done before. Let's hear it from Meg herself. And that's why the experience is so seamless and so engrossing. And then we shot, obviously, to the aspect ratio of the phone. Okay, so they have their unique spin to streaming, but what about their pricing? We think that most will pick the ad-supported version because it's a very light ad load. It's only two and a half minutes per hour of watching, which is, you know, much less than primetime TV, which is 17 and a half minutes of advertising for every hour that you watch. And so $4.99, we think, is a good value for this premium content on their mobile phone. And for those people who really don't want advertising, we felt like we should offer an ad-free version at $7.99. We know that standing out in a certain market might mean choosing prices that undercut your competitors, even though those prices might cut into your overall profits. And beating the competition might sound obvious, but your prices can even be a powerful tool for maintaining or increasing your market share. Competitor objectives are not the most important thing to consider, but they have their relevance. That's the news wrapped for February 5th. Up next, we got Grace on Power Pricing. Today on Recurring Rhetoric, we bring you Power Pricing. Power pricing is when a seller strategically uses pricing as a key tool to maximize their business and financial aims. So think Apple. Apple sells iPhones for upwards of $1,000 simply because it can. Apple recognizes not necessarily the value in its products, but more so the desire for them. Everybody wants an iPhone and most people are willing to pay $1,000 to get one. It's a huge, huge power move. Some businesses shy away from power pricing. There's no need to be scared though. Here at ProfitWell, we believe all companies can make power moves with a little strategizing and customer insight. That's a wrap on power pricing. Now go make your own power moves, but before you do, if you want more SaaS pricing and subscription terminology, head to priceintelligently.com backslash dictionary. Happy power pricing. And finally, a teaser for a show we think you might just like, Trade-Offs. Profit Well and Product Habits present Trade-Offs, where SaaS founders Patrick Campbell and Heaton Shah join pricing and product forces to uncover the biggest trade-offs of industry players with data, with knowledge. ProductTradeoffs.com. If you go to ProductTradeoffs.com, all of the resources as well as subscribing to these episodes, you get them in whatever medium you choose. And by the way, share this with your friends. All right, guys, that's our show for February 5th. We'll be here tomorrow with a fresh episode. So watch this space.